Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 270, covering Scorpion Part 2 and The Gift with Kevin Lynch. Hi friends, I don't know what to tell you, but I just watched two episodes of Voyager that I kind of liked. I don't, I don't want to put all my, all my hope into one hope-shaped basket, but you know, could season four be good? Flonk, you've you've seen ahead. What do you say? Well, um, there is a really good-looking basket that came in here. <laughs> um, <laughs> she definitely is a, is a uh, a shot in the arm that the show desperately needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, those eggs are definitely glittered up for Easter. <laughs> that did not, I did not mean that as dirty as it sounded. And uh, Well, sir, the entire metaphor got away from us there. Yet somehow Probably going to be a lot of that coming up, I would, I would imagine. Who boy. Yeah, the, uh, the long-awaited Seven of Nine era is, is upon us. And, uh, yeah. It's a so bold, it exciting future. Let's all just enjoy that for a moment, uh-huh. won't we? Yeah, all right, but first we got to deal with uh, clumsy native metaphors. So, Matt. Yes? Why don't you tell us more about Scorpion? We already heard a bit about Scorpion. Oh, you want to hear about the rest of Scorpion? Do you want to hear about, yes. the, about the tale? Part, about part two. The tale, the tale of the Scorpion? Of the, yes. All right, so we join our heroes and their bored besties as they escape from the hideous numerical wrath of species 8675309. Luckily for Voyager, the Borg ship is extremely speedy, like able to get to the Alpha Quadrant speedy. But don't worry, that won't happen. Instead, Janeway and Tuvok head over to the cube to start work on their anti-species ray. Surprisingly, liter- surprising literally everybody, the Borg are somewhat difficult to work with and insist on injecting our heroes with Borg juice. You know, temporarily, for the duration of the crisis. Kate has some sort of problem with that and instead requests a Borg liaison to work with. This liaison comes in the form of 709, who is damn sexy if you're into permanently affixed, permanently affixed armor, Itchy scabs, and what looks like the lost in space robot's penis sticking out of her left eye. Nice one, Voyager. That'll bring in the, that coveted 18 to 35 horny audience. Speaking of annoying and horny, Special Boy is released from Sick Bay after the doctor blows his nose for him. Also, species 8675309 starts psychically prank calling Kess and proclaiming, and proclaiming themselves to be the Egyptian magician. <laughs> then they attack. Janeway and the Borg explode the cube in an effort to save Voyager, but Janeway gets injured. Her last words before lapsing into a coma beg Chuck to work with the Borg, hold the Alliance, and get the ship home. She is unconscious for exactly six seconds before Chuck flushes the Borg out of a fucking airlock. Only seven remains, having hidden inside of Harry's protective bubble of popularity. (laughs) Once Chuck has ruined everything, Kate awakens and tells him he's an idiot. Good work, Kate. I missed you. A talk with Chuck and Seven reveals that the Borg are actually responsible for Species 8675309's attack, having found a hole into their weird other universe and then stuck their dick into it. Nice job, guys. Luckily, Voyager and the Borg eventually explode quantums or tachyons or whatever, and at least temporarily defeat Species... Then it's time for the Borg's betrayal, which Kate handily defeats because she's a badass, and then they kidnap Seven for some reason. Welcome to Voyager, Seven. I hope we all die. I mean, that you survived the experience. <laughs> so I know that Egyptian magician reference was for me, and I appreciate it. Yes. That. He was like the only per- other person who remembers that, so... Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the Jerky Boys, Flonk. Come on. Comedy yeah. Concept. You don't li- you don't like the Jerky Boys? He punches his chest and it disappears in the crowd. Is a small, large mountain cat. <laughs> Look, this is what it feels like when you guys go off on your <laughs> 90s tangents. You guys were talking about biker mice from Mars and uh, Bucky O'Hare earlier. So, uh, yeah. Bucky yeah, O'Hare eventually became the Winter Soldier O'Hare. <laughs> <laughs> also, so um, the Lost in Space robot's penis and then the Borg penis. There's a lot, a lot of robot penises on your mind, huh? Mm-hmm. It's okay. been that kind of week. There's a lot of robot penises in this episode. Yep. Really? But there sure are. Well, at least two. Look, sometimes a robot cigar is just a robot cigar. It's not all penises. No, but sometimes it is a penis. You gotta. No, those are called e-cigarettes. Sometimes, oh, right, of course. Sometimes you buy, a pack of, you buy a pack of cigars and just a big old robot penis sticking out of the pack. That's what, that's what killed Sigmund Freud. 
<laughs> I was just thinking Flunk said e-cigarettes, and I'm just picturing all the Borg vaping now. <laughs> that would explain where all That's that where all the smoke, smoke of the ship comes yeah. from. Yeah. That explains so much. Um, so I liked this, like, for, for being a part two, which usually I feel like this writing team doesn't do great, I actually like this. No, I thought they did a really good job, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's not as strong as the first part, I don't think, but it's definitely, like, you know, a, a, a B-plus to the other one's A-minus, you know what it's I mean? The, like, it's got, you know, like, they expand on the themes, and, yeah. you know? They continue, like, it's not like they forgot what they like sometimes next gen would paint themselves into a corner forget how to get out and just invent some new thing at the last second uh-huh. and they didn't do that sleep no yeah i although that does bring me right to my bad thing they they, they never defeat the borg well like ever <laughs> last time at the end of best of both worlds they put them to sleep this time chuck defeats seven of nine with the power of friendship mm-hmm. the power really? of friendship and love and friendship. humans is the best people yeah, ever. She- he Care Bear stared at her, and then suddenly they were friends. Remember who you are. Remember what it is to be human. And I just picture Seven just being like, I remember who I am. I'm a Borg. We're going to take over your stupid ship. And we'll find out. I don't like a lot of the, the plot points are scattered between this episode and the next. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember which one is which, but we'll find out it's that at weird. some point. Yeah, it was a lot of good continuity between the two episodes. But I don't, I don't remember if it's from this one or the other one, but we'll find out she was assimilated at, like, age seven, and she's 30 now, so, yep. like, she's been a Borg longer than she was ever a human. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't care. Like, you know, this is what I do. I Borg. Yeah. I Borg. <laughs> like the episode, I Borg. Yep. I found out there's com- we have coming up uh, an episode of Voyager called Nemesis. Won't that be confusing? <laughs> and there's a next-gen episode called yeah. First Contact, so just, uh, whatever. Yeah, all we uh, need is a, a, a episode of DS9 called that Insurrection, right? Yeah, we were talking about that. It feels like there should have been one. Yeah, they were insurrected. Actually, yeah, they were. Yeah, constantly. And I, they probably could have found a way to call uh, an episode of Enterprise Generations. It probably would have been <sighs> terrible. It could have been when all those characters from Next Generation showed up <laughs> to end this show. I didn't hate that, but we'll get there and after seven or eight more years of Voyager. Oh. Although, I gotta say, so far, season four, Voyager, better than all of season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 100%. already. Uh, you know. So that's good. Um, uh, Flunk, what was your good thing? Um, it's actually playing off of um, what you just said, but, you know, the good part of it. Um, I found Chuck's motivation to be believable, even if, you know, the guy portraying it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Um, the reason he's been circumventing the captain made a lot of sense, and it played off of something from a past episode, which is always good. Um, it doesn't mean that Are I you like what about he was the one, doing. The uh, the one where he was plugged into the uh, the yeah, he was plugged into a collective um, on right. that uh, Borg. I was trying to think of what they were called. They weren't called a collective. It was something similar. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like yeah, a commune or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, and he was like, no, I've been in a collective. It's garbage. I don't want to deal with these people. Yeah, right. And. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean I like what he's doing, but it made sense at least why he was doing it. And let's yeah. be honest here, that's not something the show does very often. No. Also, he managed to put his qualms aside pretty quickly for the big finale, but whatevs. Yeah, we were meant to think that he and Kate were at odds and then they came to a compromise, but basically he just put down his argument and did what she yeah, said. Just, yeah. Okay, you finally listened to me. Now I'll do what you say. Chicote only has ever has a spine when he knows that uh, Janeway is safely in a coma. <laughs> Oh, I'm in charge now? Well. Guess what? Things are going to get real different on here. Bedtime is 7.30 now. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't okay. like when Dad cooks dinner for us. <laughs> he only knows how to cook hot dogs. Hope you guys like hot dogs. We don't. They're made of scorpion. <laughs> this, I, no, never mind. What? Oh, all right. Hot dogs are using every part of the buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> That's only a little bit racist. You're fine. <laughs> I um I I you're right that it is consistent with his character. I just uh, like putting aside the fact that I don't like his acting. No, yeah, that that's what it boils down to is that Robert Belcher is the problem in this episode, not Chakotay. Uh, no. Yeah, but I still don't agree with like I like it when they present two sides of an argument, and I can kind of see both sides. And his whole argument has been the whole time, "Let's run away." Yeah, and it's like you're supposed to be a maquis. That is the opposite of what you guys want to do. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, their whole end game is going back to the Federation, which he doesn't really have any interest in doing. 
the idea of him finding like a new like a new planet and settling there that is exactly what Chakotay wants. Yeah, the Federation no, the Kurt- wanna... and the Kardashians aren't going to take this planet away from him. Yeah, no, no, he doesn't want a new planet. He wants his old planet back. That's that's been their thing <laughs> yeah, the whole time. It's been very clearly their whole thing the whole time. I'll finally get back, I... and uh, I'm going to finally take my planet back. No, you're not. All the Maquis are dead. Oh well. <laughs> Thank you for that female changeling. <laughs> that would have been uh, that would have been uh, Harry Kim on the sad trombone. <laughs> Another one of his many skills. He used up a month's uh, replicator rations for that. <laughs> oh, what an I just, idiot! He always wants to like Chakotay. Always wants to run away. Yeah, and it just doesn't feel like. It could be an interesting, nuanced, like contradictory character if they did it right, but instead it just feels like it, it contradicts itself. Well, I mean, yeah, like, like they needed somebody to disagree with Kate for the episode, so they just yeah. went, eh, Chakotay, why not? Yeah, but they don't want him to disagree with her too much. Right. I was, re- Whereas, I was reading on Memory Alpha, they were like, Kate, and I forget who the other one, one of the writers, um, really wanted to do like some conflict between, uh, uh, Chuck and uh, Janeway, and not well, that's have it, the whole premise of like, having Maki officers. Yeah, yeah, and like not have it get cleared up. It's like because no, because sometimes in real life conflict doesn't just go away because the episode's over. Yeah, and I think it was either Berman or Brog. It was one of the two. Were just like, no, we're not doing that. Probably Berman because he's his whole thing. A lot of times is like the Gene stuff. Is like no uh, no conflict, no Gene stuff. Yeah. You made that sound like no butt stuff. No butt stuff and no gene stuff. <laughs> gene. It's, uh, it just, <laughs> when they redesigned the uniforms, they were all going to be sweater vests, but uh, he made that one. <laughs> with egg on them. Yeah, with just scrambled <laughs> eggs all over them. No, scrambled eggs all over my face. Is that a, is that a 90s thing it's again? It's a Frasier thing. So I guess yes. Uh, yeah, fucking 90s. Yeah, they were great. Uh, really. So much Frasier. You could watch him on like two shows. Yeah, I watched him on the first one, and I didn't find him compelling enough to follow him to the second one. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he didn't have a brother yet. Yeah. It'd be like if they gave Norm a spinoff. Probably wouldn't watch that either. Well, if he had a great gay brother, he might have. Yeah, and a crotchety old dad. <laughs> if he doesn't have Cliff, then he's useless. Oh, Got to have Cliff and Norm together. Like, they're, they're, just, they're a pair, man. Anyway. If they could have opened a hotel. Yeah. A spinoff right. were about that. At least one. Mm-hmm. That I can remember. Anyway. I feel uh, like it was the Golden Girls. Uh, Did the Golden Girls open a hotel? Yeah, it was was Golden Palace or something like that. Something like that. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like they could only get two of the three of them. Mm. Well, wasn't the mom? Wasn't wasn't Sophia? Archie Bunker opened a bar. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, Archie Bunker's place. Uh, The Golden Palace is what it was called. Mm. Oh, because I looked up Golden Girls spinoff and Empty Nest was the first one. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Which, let's get Matt talking about empty nests. No, I don't want to talk about empty nests. I want to talk about Dear John. <laughs> yeah, apparently um, apparently three of the four Golden Girls uh, were in this. Uh, they, they did not get uh, B. Arthur. She'd had enough. Also, <laughs> Cheech Marin was one of the main characters. I'm just shocked somebody else remembers Dear John. <laughs> well, Matt loves that show. You, me, and Jason, apparently. Well, big, big Dear John fans, I guess. Yep. Big uh, Judd, uh, Judd Hirsch. Yeah, once Taxi was Judd over, right? I, I was jonesing for more Judd Hirsch. <laughs> well, isn't he in, uh, yeah, he's in Independence Day. Just watch that. Sure is. ID this summer four. in theaters I, everywhere. I think I'd rather watch Dear John than Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, me too. Now, are they calling the sequel ID4 too? I think it's ID8. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> basic law of algebra would say like parentheses squared or something. They're calling right? it IG88. Oh. Well, that doesn't really make sense. It's all about a coffee maker that blew up the Death Star. <laughs> it's called I'm Bosk. Um, Matt, what was your good thing about this episode of Voyager that we are discussing on this podcast about Star Trek? I think it might have been Bosk. Oh. Um, no, I like uh, I like Borged Up Voyager. I thought it looked really fucking cool. Yeah. Flying yeah, like around like green patches. I really, I actually really patches. wish they kept that stuff. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, it's on the next episode a bit. They do, and then they, but then they take it all down. I, I love the idea of Voyager getting home at the end of the seventh season and uh, just being. Uh, we talked about this. They're not going to do that. Of course, they're not going to do that. But it would be cool if they did. Yeah, 
fucking Voyager flies like flies. I'm like, what the fuck did you do to this ship? Well, see, I, they should have some Borg stuff, and they should have like a nacelle from a different kind of ship. And yeah, they should have you know like all kinds of crazy shit. But fucking Kazon hubcaps tied to the side. And the, the practical reason is they've shot a million stock shots of the ship, and the ship has to look the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. Yeah, it's expensive. but they, they're switching over to CGI. You can fuck around with the ship if you want. I I think at this point, I could be wrong, but I think at this point it was still pretty expensive and very time-consuming. Like, once you change the model, you have to wait a million years for it to render. Mm. Yeah, but probably. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I Regardless, they all, they're also lazy, which is probably the real reason. That's, that's so nice. Yeah, like Berman and Braga have their formulas that they love so much. So. Yeah. Yep. And everything's got to go back to the way it was by the end. Yep. Because even though it's a network show, they they're thinking about the syndication. Yeah. <laughs> and there everything only, has to be the same. It wasn't even a real network show. It was a fake network show. Mm-hmm. It became a real network once once mommy network once mommy UPN <laughs> and daddy WB had a baby. Yeah. It became a real network. Is the CW really a network though? It's got all my favorite shows on it. it that it, that is actually true. Okay, but like the internet has my favorite shows as well, and that's not a network. It's a type of network. Yeah, that's like down. That people are like, yeah, the network's down. Yeah, there you go. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix is not a network. There's a lot of good shows on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I realize with Daredevil, like I'm watching a comic book internet TV show. <laughs> yep. The nerdiest fucking thing ever. The future's pretty great. No, no, no. The nerdiest thing ever is the board game you discussed with us. <laughs> I think the listeners need to hear about oh, this. Oh, I definitely think the listeners need to hear yeah, about this. So when um, when I was in high school, um, me and my friend uh, Dave, we made up a... um uh, sport comics, Dave? Yes. Uh, we made up a, um, a board game, which was um, you were a Borg and you were trying to assimilate a Federation ship. Wow. And you had like all the different phaser settings that they would shoot you with, and you would adapt to them as as they kept on fighting you, and you would have to assimilate other crew members and stuff. It was so cool. <laughs> I'd just like to congratulate you on a Star Trek board game cooler than the VHS game. Oh, I don't know if that's true. There is no beige. How will you experience I exper- it? I have yet to experience beige, and I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> you had your chance. You could I know I did. So much beige. I was I was aware of the chance that was offered and immediately rejected. <clears throat> oh boy! Uh, my good thing. I'm gonna mail a beige to your house. Please don't give it. <laughs> no beaches. Speaking of no, not speaking of that at all. I you, really like the one who is moving. <laughs> I really like Seven of Nine so far. Yeah, she's great. Like, yeah. We we talked about this through next gen and DS9. Anyone who faces off with the captain as an equal needs to be a powerful presence, and she totally brings it. Oh yeah. Her scenes with Janeway are fantastic. They're just staring each other down. And then her scenes with Chuck, not, not Well, really, I mean, but... she she brings it to those. Yeah, it's not not her fault. Chuck, I mean, you know, he brings everyone what he always brings to his scene. You know, I think of wood. Indifference. It helps, too, that she's like six feet tall and is, especially in this one, is like all roboted up and like, yeah. <laughs> you are scary. <laughs> yeah, she is. The thing, the thing is, and I'll just get this out of the way now. I know putting a hot chick in there is pandering. Oh, I know yeah. it is. Yeah, but it works because she's hot. Yeah, yeah. I can't help it. I'm only human, guys. And uh, even borged up, I gotta say, because that rubber suit has a real sort of Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman-y kind of like uh, corsety effect, and it really accentuates her subtleties. And I, 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 she's very attractive, lady. I'm sorry. I, I'm not sorry. Listen, I like I like a good rubber corset as much as the next guy, but you know, she's not really that great in the first one. I disagree. I mean, disagree for all of the reasons I mentioned in my summary. Yeah. Nope. No, I, I think arm. her her pretty pretty face shines through the makeup pretty good. Also that, but I'm I'm just completely talking, totally objectifying now. Yeah. Now that I've praised her acting, I'll I'll let myself do this for a sec. Just very very good shape, mm-hmm. leggy and curvy, and just she looked good. Mm-hmm. And I will try real hard going forward not to fixate on that, but well, it's hard because she's a very attractive lady. They got a bunch of good Troy onesies for her to wear, so. You are listening to Three Men on a Podcast, talking about Voyager. I mean, we're trying. We're, we're trying. Let's, let's just so, get it out of the way so we can yeah, yeah, yeah. acknowledge it and then move on. Yeah, there you go. It's okay. Later, on, later, in the, later in the series, we'll get a girl to come on and talk about how hot she is. <laughs> <laughs> At least one. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure Amanda... Well, I don't know. Amanda doesn't like tall blondes, so maybe not. 
We'll find out, I suppose. <laughs> Amanda resents anyone taller than her, so. Well, so Amanda everybody. resents the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's fair. Um, so, bad things. Flonk, what do you got? Uh, I scrolled down. <laughs> Never scroll uh, down. Yeah. All right. Uh... There is a lot of writing in place in this episode. Uh-huh. There is seriously like four scenes of the board going, do this. Janeway saying no. And the board going, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it should have been maybe like there. I mean, you can't do this in a season premiere, but there should have been a B plot or something. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, the, the situation, there. it doesn't really warrant a B plot too. like everybody is focused on this problem. No, but I was um, just thinking there's like really you can't have like, story, you know. So. Neil looks in the in the holodeck this week because you know yeah. there's important shit going on. Mm-hmm. There was almost no Neelix in either of these episodes, which that was, was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I don't think no, he showed up for like almost half an hour, and then when he does, it's like, oh right, you exist. Yeah, that's why I hate this show. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons, well, the main reason. Hey there. What's this about a new crew member? Do I get to meet them? Nope. I'm Neelix. I'm making a welcome luau. Uh, Nobody cares, Neelix. I nope. made you a lay out of hair. Ugh. Yep. No, I, I agree. Like I was saying, like in some episodes where there's only 20 minutes of plot, like that's where B plots come in. But you're right. In in this, like in big season premiere, action packed season premiere, you can't really do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just kind of had to suffer through the padding. So unfortunately, yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got for a bad thing? I just wanted to touch on this. This is pretty much the end of the board being scary. You know, once we start working with them and then we befriend them and then in the next episode. It hasn't we happened them, yet, though. We let them cry on our shoulder. You know, pretty much the end of the scary thing in Star Trek. I just want to spend a second to reflect on that. Pour one out for the Borg of Q-Who. Best of both worlds. I, Borg. Lore's Magic Castle. Mm. Actually, writing's been on the wall for a while now. Uh, I retract my statement. <laughs> I don't think they're, they they are defanged yet, though. Like, I can see it coming. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah, there's, there's, there's a couple all, good ones coming still. We, like, look, they're still cool in this one. I'm not going to say they're not. Yeah, this I'm episode just, ends with them still being a threat. I'm just saying we're still we're, 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 we're revealing more and more of them. Making a, a Borg character one of our main characters means that there's always going to be a Borg around no matter what from now on. And that really sort of takes away from the mystery and like the... the, the well, that's the biggest thing we've responded to is the mystery. We don't know what the backstory is. They're just the Borg. They just are here. We don't know where they came from. We don't care. They're just here now. And yeah. Like, that's yeah, but now that there's one more. here every week, like, yeah, it's going to be like, oh, and then the board, like, you know, having something there every week means we get used to it. Once you're used to something, it's not scary anymore. OK, and, but... and, and don't worry, there are Mullity Borg rebels coming to completely ruin them. OK, <sighs> everything's and, fine right now. And Borg children, as I understand. Oh, God. And they, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I want to be upset about three that. or four Borg children and one of them is garbage and the rest are are fine and so the garbage one is the only one that sticks around listen i want listen i want to be upset about the borg children but there was a borg baby in the first borg appearance so like they set a precedent for that shit i guess well and seven was assimilated when she was a baby well when she was a kid she was like seven yeah hey she was seven i guess that's where the name came from you are seven you will live till nine i'll show you (laughs) <laughs> oh god, I gotta start working on a seven voice now. Shit. I'm uh, seven of nine. Yeah. <laughs> I have an eyepiece. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um I don't know, like I, I agree with you, but on the other hand, you could say the same about Worf with the Klingons. Like, oh now we know all about the Klingons. They're not gonna yeah. be cool anymore. Like, no, they were still cool. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're right. The difference is you had a good writer exploring the Klingons and yep. You know, well, exploring the Borg. I know, and I, I don't even bother maintaining the illusion that I'm keeping an open mind anymore, but, you know. Keep a closed mind. Yeah. About Enterprise. Enterprise. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I've seen enough of Enterprise to know better. Uh, anyway, um, anything else about this one? Um, everybody apparently was surprised that the Borg started this war with um, Species 85917. It's like, yeah, of course they did. <laughs> what did you think happened? They I... passed by a beehive and they started poking at it and then the bees came out and, and everyone was like, what? Why are we being attacked by so many bees? Where did these bees come from? I actually, I was reading on Memory Alpha, um, the original plan for these episodes was uh, uh, the reason uh, Species 85917 was uh, was defeating the Borg was that the Queen had recently died in First Contact. 
And oh, so they were just kind of like shiftless. They had nobody like focusing yeah. on them. Uh, I actually like the idea way more that the Borg just found something that could kick their asses. Yeah, and you know? started yeah. a fight that they couldn't win. Yeah, like no, the Borg have been like the best of the best of the best for like ever. This, you know, the, the scary monsters that everyone's afraid of. And they found something worse that just well, tears through them now. Also, the, they shouldn't put that much importance into the queen. No. Like the whole idea of the queen was that here's something you can relate to, but it's not really like, yeah, they're, they're a collective species. They're not there. There shouldn't, you know, the, the death of an, a fake individual shouldn't affect anything. No, I, I, I like the idea of giving every cube, like a locutus that like you can, you can talk yeah. to, but yeah, they like, there's no reason that she's not the, the, the server of the mm. Borg's internet. Like right. she's just like a, a, a something for you to talk to. I get the yeah. idea, like, I get the concept of having, like, someone to talk to for, you know, when they're dealing with, like, people, you know? Right. But, like, when they're off doing Borg shit, that shouldn't really be an issue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if they're just sure. hanging out in the Delta quad- Quadrant, murdering people and expanding their giant territory, like, there's probably not supposed to be, like, a main guy. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. In fact, they even said, uh, when they made Locutus, they said, your archaic cultures are authority-driven. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea is they haven't re- had to relate to that for a while, but oh yeah, you people need a leader to talk to you, so okay, fine, here's one. Maybe, I mean, the, obviously the movie contradicts this, but I'm thinking now, like, assimilating more and more humans, maybe, like, getting our culture into theirs is where a queen came from. Yeah, that I could be. see that, yeah. I don't know, I didn't, like, I didn't love the concept of a queen, and I said this, actually, when you were on Flunk, when we talked yeah. about First Contact, mm. but... In the sense of thinking of them as as insects, I guess it's okay because like an ant or a, or a bee, like you know, collective, they have they have a queen. Yeah, my theory was always that like each each ship had had a queen that would like she she's the like I said the the server that connects all the Borg on that ship to the right. larger collective. Um, but but the overall collective doesn't have one leader. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's not one like giant Borg on the Borg home planet. Right. Although there should be, great, be another. There's just a big Galactus in the middle of the uh, Yeah, that's Borg what I was thinking, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Big Borg Galactus sitting on a throne. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Inside a, uh, a head from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only last thing I wanted to mention is they talk about, they, they mentioned something called Unimatrix Zero, which is the most <laughs> Braga thing I have ever heard. Um, remember the Borg Melody Rebels I was talking about? That's where they live. <laughs> of course they do. Anything else from you guys before we push on? Zero. Anything? No. Anything uh, no, that's it. Flunk, you got a quote? Or Matt, sorry. Matt, Matt has a quote. Yes. What is it? Uh, this is uh, Kate's last words before she dies. I mean, goes into a coma. The doctor explained my condition. You are in command. I understand. They'll push you. They'll threaten you, but they need you. They need this alliance. You have to make this work. I want you to make this work. Get this crew home. Yeah, you did say that that would have been a good like if she had died. Yeah, after if they decide if things had gone different and they decided that it was time to kill Kate off, it would have been a really good last speech for her before she died. Yeah, I agree, but um, I'm glad she's not gone because we only like <laughs> yeah. about half these characters. Yeah, and... nobody wants to watch Chuckles the movie. <laughs> uh, it's I did, me, Captain Chuck. Uh, Shut up. Hey, Chuck. Let, are, we could go home or we could just stop here. Let's just stop here. How about that? I just I just want to turn him into Ben Stein. You just How do you guys yeah, feel? Yeah, that sounds right. Hey everyone, I've got a tattoo on my face. Win my money. He's a crazy creationist. Of course he is. Yeah. Um, Flonk, why don't you tell us about the gift? Yes, the most shocking Voyager episode yet. In that it's <laughs> kind of good. Um, the ship is all abuzz with talk of their new passenger. She's half Joe Camel and a third Fonzarelli. Kate can't wait to know her new best friend, and Harold is just too shy to say anything. Only one person doesn't want Seven of Nine on the ship, and that's Seven of Nine. She was kidnapped from her home, knocked out, and when she woke up, pieces of her body were missing. And I'm pretty sure that's the plot of Saw, so you can see where Seven's coming from here. 
after she was separated from the collective last week, Seven's human biology has been reasserting itself and rejecting the Borg implants. So the doctor bonks her on the head with a medical frying pan and starts ripping shit out of her. Down in engineering, Blonde is having a tough time getting all the Borg shit out of her engines, and hey, they got a perfectly good Borg lying there. Why not put her to work? Well, because once Harold starts talking to her, she realizes that she needs to get off this ship. Now. <laughs> she starts futzing around with the deflector or whatever and tries to call, contact the collective. Something explodes before she can reach them, and she gets thrown into the break. Uh, Janeway tries to explain to Seven that her human adventure is just beginning, but Seven has just about enough of Starfleet's humans are so great bullshit. What follows is actually a pretty good debate on on personal choice. Uh, Seven throws Kate's word Kate's words in her face and is, you know, making a lot of sense. But Janeway's making good points too. Look at that. A nice Star Trek brand ethical debate. What are the odds? Eventually they come to an agreement. Seven will become more human every day, and if it turns out humans suck, she can go back to the collective. Then Kess explodes and we get a good long look at Seven and her sexy silver cat suit. Sure do. I like I like how Kess has just got I mean she was a bit of an afterthought in this episode, but her plot occupied a bit more time than maybe that one sentence. Well, that, I don't that, know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad thing, actually. Okay. Um, look, I'm on record as not being a fan of cast, but a main cast member is leaving and you couldn't even give her an episode to do it. She gets shoved off due to a B-plot while the new hotness gets a spotlight. It's just rude. Yeah, it is. And that kind of ties into my thing. My bad thing, mm-hmm. which is, uh, okay, so the whole the whole deal is now all these mental powers that she's sort of had for a while have suddenly gotten crazy more powerful all at once, like abruptly. Yeah, this is kind of like, not even like a, a G-plot of Kess's life, and now all of a sudden it's like no, right had, out of we nowhere. Had couple, we had a couple of episodes about it. You didn't you didn't recall the one where she met a bunch of, uh, uh, what is she? Okampa. Oh, yeah, she found a plate full of Okampa. Yeah, she found a, um, a space station full of guys who had outlived their normal, like, 10-year uh, lifespan. And they had crazy developed powers and all that. And we hinted that she had extra abilities when she was... That's the episode where she was the fire starter, where she was doing the thing with uh, Tuvok. And oh, where she sets Tuvok's blood on fire. Yeah, lit his blood on fire, right? Uh, but that was over a year ago, and it's never really come up again. I don't no. mind that she's developed further abilities, but it's just so sudden. It's like, oh, uh, this is what we were building to, but now she's leaving, so I guess it's time to rush the story to the end. Goodbye. Yeah. It's actually... Um, and maybe I'm only thinking of this because it's the whole... Uh, uh, where thought and space are, are uh, one yeah, garbage. Yeah, Special Destiny. But it's like, yeah, all of a sudden, Wesley's Special Destiny came back out of nowhere. Although, I would say that, like, I hated that, but they mentioned it in Season 1, then they mentioned it in Season 3 or 4, and then they mentioned it in Season 7. Like, that came up at the beginning, yeah, middle, it, and end. Yeah, it's the same thing with this. It was, well, yeah, yeah, it's, it makes a little more sense there, but it's the same, like, you have these powers, we don't really talk about them much, and then suddenly it's the most important thing ever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, with with Wesley, honestly, there was a bit of an arc because the Traveler showed up periodically to say, yeah. hey, you have these abilities. Hey, these abilities are really coming along. Hey, these abilities are to a point where I got to take you away now. Hang on. Are you are you positing that um, Voyager did something that Enterprise did, only not as good? <laughs> I'm sorry, that Next uh, Gen. Generation did. Yeah, I, I, funny that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think it was that well done on Next Gen to begin with, but I will give them credit for at least making it look like an arc. Yeah, this just felt rushed and terrible. And the thing is, okay, I've said before I don't necessarily like magicy type stuff. Like mental powers is tough because I like the Vulcans being telepathic mm. or Betazoids or whatever. But I don't. Uh, there's for the a most part, point. you don't want any wizards in your Star Trek. Yeah, and she starts doing some full on Jedi stuff. She starts mm. levitating things yeah. and then starts shape changing things even further than that. She uses her psychic powers to make someone throw a clipboard at her or something. <laughs> Yeah, she cuts Neelix in half and pushes him down a bottomless pit. Look, that that look, okay. I take oh, it back. Uh, I love these powers. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the return of Darth Neelix. <laughs> and spider legs. Look at my spider legs. <laughs> oh God! Now, if only Neelix's voice was done by Peter Serafinowicz, that would be okay. That would be fine. Yeah, right. So much better than Ethan Phillips. Now, I just like. It just felt rushed. Like, I didn't even mind it as a Kess is now ascended to the next level and is leaving, and I, I it, that didn't bother me. But uh, it just... Yeah, she'll, so, she gets better, don't worry. Uh, I know. 
I do like th- that uh, at first Kate's like, so we're on the other side of Borg space now. And they're like, huh, what? No, Borg space is huge. Yeah, no. Borg space yeah, you're 10 years close to the home. You're still in the middle of Borg space. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Kess pushed them on the other side of the worst of it, but they're still playing. They're on the edge guns. of Borg space now. Yeah, but the Borg are still f- like they were coming for the Federation. Like they're, they're oh, yeah. spread out. No, listen, they're, it's not like they're not still out there. Yeah. They're just like they might be past their their like territory on the map, but they're still wandering around. Seven, why did or uh, Cass? Why even I'm doing it now? Yeah. Cass, why didn't you just send us home? Nah, you you fired me. Yeah, <laughs> you fired me. Eat a dick. And one of you mentioned that the like she ref- like it seemed like she refused to put on her ears. Yep. Yeah, because it was the, it was the last like three episodes or four episodes of of the last season. Yeah, and I think maybe that's when they fired her, and she's just like, "Fine, I'll stay, but I'm not putting those fucking ears on." Yeah, yeah. fuck this. Give me the Drew Barrymore haircut. Yeah, that's fine. You're you're really fixated on that whole Drew Barrymore thing. That's because right? she look she she looks exactly like her. I don't think she looks exactly like her. Mm. She certainly didn't age as well as Drew Barrymore has. Exactly like her. I don't know <laughs> if you've seen pictures of them both now, but uh, why do they why do they hang out together a lot now? Like. I, no, but I've seen pictures of both of them within the last couple of years, and one of them looks pretty oh. cute, and one of them really does yeah. not. But then again, this was her mug shot from when she was yeah, arrested exactly. for... Yeah, those never look good. Over, so, yeah, not great. Everyone just um, ends up looking like Nick Nolte in their uh, mug shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, usually the cue for on any riff tracks for Mike Nelson to start doing his Nick Nolte voice. Mm. <laughs> Just waiting for that to happen. Uh, so we did our bad things, Matt. What do you got? Uh, what am I? I just yeah, it's just connected to all this, all this other crap. Just watching Kess fade away, thinking about how much I like her, and my thoughts drift over to Special Boy, and think, and I think to myself, should have been you, <laughs> should have been you, you son of a bitch. Yep. Like I like Kess a lot. There was a lot of potential for that character. You know, yeah, Flunk really didn't, but the rest of us kind of did. I think you're kind of in the minority this, there, Flunk. This episode, this particularly, she was just so monotone and blank. It was there were there were two Chakotes. There was ugh, there's and nothing me- happening. And meanwhile, I get to watch uh, Special Boy awkwardly flirt with Seven, and just, <laughs> God, I yeah, but he, I hate he shot her down so great. He that's she um, shot him down so great. Well, then she yeah, punches that's, him fucking in his fucking face. Great. Yep. That's my quote. So we can just listen to that real quick. <laughs> You said the Borg got this stuff from Species 259. Who are they? I guess the Borg meet a lot of people, don't they? Stupid question. So what's it like out there in Galactic Cluster 3? Beyond your comprehension. Try me. Galactic Cluster 3 is a transmaterial energy plane intersecting 22 billion omnicordial life forms. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic. I do like, yeah, the, what the fuck are you talking about, look, that she gives him? So, um, Borg, huh? What's that like? We have, we have committed genocide on 8 million species. So, you doing anything later? I kissed a girl once. Lunch? You want to do lunch? I liked it. I'm very popular on this show. You might not have heard of me yet, but you will. I'm kind of. I'm a very deep. special boy. I'm the special boy. We did. I was Starlog Magazine's sexiest boy of uh, <laughs> 1997. <laughs> well, who who knows better about sexy than the readership <laughs> of Starlog Magazine? I beat out the cast of uh, Sequest DSV. <laughs> Except that dolphin. Nobody's dethroning him from oh, the top man. spot. I totally thought you said nobody's deep throating him. Uh, they might be. They might be deep. I mean, I think Hank Hill's into that. Oh, boy. Don't you remember that episode? I do remember that episode. I know Troy McClure is into that. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. They never said what Troy McClure was into. I kind of like that. Something gross with fish is all they really said. Yep. <laughs> oh, I know I miss Phil Hartman. Yeah. What I have is a sexual abnormality. <laughs> uh, Speaking, no, actually not speaking of... Speaking uh, of sexual abnormalities, go on. I was trying to see if any of us had anything to say about Seven of Nine, but... Uh, yeah, my good... My good she's pretty. But... She looks real pretty in her silver costume. It's real pretty. What are you, fucking Clint Cardoza? <laughs> you look good in your red dress. Oh, now I feel bad. Oh, God um, bless. Yeah, see, that, that's when I turned a corner from objectifying women, when I saw the, the creepiest Twitter account we have ever seen. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, uh, hitting on all the weather ladies in his area. I just I mean, like, oh, okay. 
Oh, that's what it looks like. Okay, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Do we come off like that? Whoa. Time to back off a bit. (laughs) Yeah. That was Uh, actually um, originally when I when I first signed up was going to be my bad thing for the last episode because um, for some reason I don't know Seven's uh, sexy outfit Um, because for some reason I don't remember continuity between Voyager episodes (laughs) and I just assumed that um, this episode of this episode must have been part of the uh, the last one because yeah yeah exactly Um, but yeah like she's like like, there's like this dramatic lighting and she's striking a sexy pose and this camera's swirling around her it's like all right we get it we know why you hired her you don't need to make a big deal about it yeah but then, it, it then take in every curve like yeah well, but then you kind of again we don't want to fixate on this every time but no, that's why we're getting it out of the way now yeah no she's she is a very fetching lady and the thing is she's got the talent to match it mm-hmm. if she was just there yeah yeah, pretty, yeah yeah exactly as and, someone and who like, was a big um, fan of uh, as, public back when it was coming out she's very talented she's got like gravitas she's got that fucking like mm-hmm. presence that that energy that i don't know what it is like yeah I don't she, know what she's exactly. a really good foil to uh to janeway yes she is and half of this episode is the two of them arguing in a room and you got to have really good actors to pull that off and they they totally do yeah i was and, watching originally like nothing's happening how am i gonna summarize this yeah it's just two people talking no it's it's good star trek in that it's a philosophical yeah. debate like you said although that brings me to my good thing it's weird but i kind of take seven side on the whole i choose to be oh, a board totally. thing yeah, anyway, really bad for her for most of this episode. We're yeah, trying- and, and I feel like that's actually good writing. Like, I'll give Joe Minoski wrote this one, and I'll give him credit. Like, it's we're meant to sympathize with her for wanting to not be a human, and, like, all this human humanity is great, stuff is great, but it sometimes ignores the desire of some people not to be human. Yeah, like, Flonk said it really well. Like, sh- they're literally taking pieces of her body away. Yeah. And yeah, like they, they kidnapped her from her home mm-hmm. and and started, yeah, just ripping shit off of her. Yeah. Like, yep. That's fucking horrifying. Like, like imagine, is- like, you go to bed and you wake up and you're in a creepy doctor's lab. Like, ugh. Some yeah. smiling asshole is telling you about the new eye he's giving you. Or they're, yeah. or they're like, yanking your teeth out and putting your baby teeth back in. Well, yeah, exactly. had these before. You should have these again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I got rid of those. I don't want them anymore. Get get these out of my head. Yeah, I just I think it's a nice like Trek brings this up occasionally and it doesn't like it doesn't do it nearly enough. It was a big thing on TNG and the original series where it's like there is nothing in the world better than humans. Well, I think we see this in DS9 and Voyager sometimes, but often in DS9. It's a post-Gene Roddenberry argument of is it really great to be human though? We're, we're not perfect like yeah and because gene was all about that and when he died and when they started being able to loosen like not have to do everything exactly the way he said mm. they started doing these stories about are we though yeah like no that. you don't understand you're human now you suffer it's great Ugh, no it's not i want to go back to the collective yeah and, and when star trek does it really well they maintain that like Roddenberry, like they don't piss off the the purists. Yeah, yeah. Because you still have Janeway talking about how great it is to be human, and her her point is still valid. But they also don't make that the only point. It's kind of like the uh, uh, the episodes where Earth is paradise. Like for the most part, all that stuff is about how humans are good and Starfleet is good. But there's also a little bit of like maybe we're not that great in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's good to examine the basic premise. You know what I mean? Like, I really like that. And I thought they did a good job here. I was on I was on Seven's side. Like, leave her alone. She doesn't want this. Yeah. Like, you might... It's the fact that she, like, wants to get back to the collective, I guess, is the big thing. Like, if like if she just wanted to, you know, hang out on the ship and be a Borg, like, we wouldn't have a problem here. Yeah, but the just, whole being just, a Borg is being part of a collective. You can't yeah. be a single Borg. There's no such thing. Yeah. It just, it feels like they're, it, like, in addition to everything else, they're, like, they're really prettying her up. It's like yeah. not only not yeah. only are you joining the crew, we're gonna make you really, we're gonna make you the ideal version. We got you some hair and some nice big blue eyes. Like it'll be great. Yeah, you're hot now. Don't you want to be hot? I mean, a little. I read um, yeah. I read a thing on uh, on Memory Alpha uh, when Ron Moore heard about this. He's like, "What the fuck are you guys doing? You wanted a Borg crew member, and then you made her look like a human." Like, don't you want her to be a Borg and just? I think his exact words are: "He made her look like a supermodel." Yeah, exactly. Which they did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not wrong, but at the same time, like, like you think, like Michael Doran had to spend two hours in the makeup chair to put his hat on. Like, (laughs) I don't think anybody would want to get into that full Borg bodysuit every day. Nope. No, and 
I don't know. Like, I, there is a middle ground, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, right now she's got the thing over her eye and that's it. Maybe there's somewhere in between full-on rubber suit. Zombie, yeah, they could have they could have pulled it out over the over the course of the whole season. Her getting yeah. like, more they human. Made, they should have made her keep like one of those robot arms with the big claw on the end. Her like little. She never had one to start arm. with. Well, they should have given her arm? one when she turned human. Yeah, like <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't uh, we couldn't take the implants out without fucking her arm up. So here's a here's a shitty Bucky arm now. Yeah, you got a you got a saw. You got a dustbuster. You got the whole package. Uh, no, no, that's not a dustbuster. That's a phaser rifle. I know oh, exactly okay. the same. Yeah. You know. Um, Thanks. No, I, I don't know. Like, I get like I actually like bringing a Borg in. It's, it's very similar to what they did with Worf, but different enough that it's not the same. Like, here is someone who used to be our enemy. Now we're gonna force you to think of them in a different way. Like, I like or, it. yeah. it's kind of they did it with Quark too, kind of actually. Yeah, well, they also did it in reverse with uh, Odo. Yeah, here's our true. guy. Here's now. Here's the bad guy that he is. Right. No, yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. That, that's a that's a mainstay of Star Trek. Like, let's take what you know about a character and complete or about a race and completely flip it around through this character. That's, mm-hmm. that's and they also like. do a lot of um, the Spock stuff with her, which is you know exploring humanity from this outsider's perspective. Well, and they were trying to do some of that with Cass. I feel like they weren't entirely successful, but she was oh, supposed like more. I. Well, <laughs> we disagree on. That. You set him up. I'm gonna take it. I no, and that's fine. I I was waiting for that. <laughs> but like, I Amanda pointed out a couple of times, they give Kess a lot of that. She's actually talking about how great it is to be human more than the humans are a lot. Mm. They yeah, give right. her a lot we of that wide-eyed Star Trek like uh, sense of wonder thing, mm. which I liked. That's one of the things I liked about her. And now we've replaced her with a just a cold, unfeeling bitch, which is also great. But it's a whole different thing, you know, like. We lose that vibe now. We lose that sense of wonder. There aren't any characters with that now. Yeah. So it's going to change the dynamic of the show, I think. I hope so. That was kind of the point. I, yeah. I, okay. But the thing is, okay, so you got you got the enemy that you're forced to look at a different way. That's a cool idea. And then there's clearly, clearly some kind of marketing thing to, like, bring in the, the young, horny men to watch the show. Yeah. Like, that's and, obviously uh, a thing. I, I like we were saying. I really need to stress. She's she's a really good actress. Yes, she she she, she, is. she brings it in these two episodes, and and she keeps on bringing it for the next four years. Like no, and, and I think that's great. Like I yeah. like I like Jerry. It, if she just like was it. just the hot girl that they that they put on here, like it it would be, you know, but, it would but be that's one what thing. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If this was a cynical directive, at least they went beyond what they were told yeah. and actually brought something new and good that's really my only problem with her is that they put her in the seven costume instead of a uniform you know but what i'm saying is if we had to have somebody new and sexy they did the best they could with it yeah oh no totally which uh, is she's new and sexy but she's also a good character yeah whether well. it was it was the network or or berman who made them you know do this yeah. at least yeah the casting director is like you know on doing their job for a change yeah. and and the writers from what i can tell she i need to, to make up for hiring chakotay yeah <laughs> Guys, what I'm was sorry. I thinking the thing is, he's got a he's got a certain charm to him, and he's not a bad looking guy. And they probably just said, "Oh, he's cute." But he tra- you you said his way in. You've said many times earlier, and, and it happened in 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 the last episode too, where it's just they keep on trying, and Robert Beltran is just not interested in, in yeah, stepping no. up. No, the only time I ever see him bring any actual charm is sometimes he's got scenes alone with Janeway that are pretty good. Yeah, or uh, there was that one where he was uh, the, he did okay with uh, Bellana. Yeah, that was yeah, okay. but more often than not, those scenes are not great. No. We've had a couple of good ones, but a lot of bad ones. I just every I, I, the vibe I always get off off of him is just that he is like he he gets out of bed every morning and goes, oh, I gotta go be on Star Trek today. I picture him like sitting in the makeup chair next to uh, Roxanne Dawson and uh, Ethan Phillips and complaining that he's got to put the tattoo on and them just rolling their eyes. Yeah, did, oh, you really? Be, you got a lot of makeup to put on? Poor yeah, Ethan Phillips like I've been here wear? since four. Yeah. Ugh, every day they got to paint this tattoo on. This is so tedious. Ugh. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, you guys know what sucks? What's that, Robert? Everything about my life. Yeah. Oh, uh, you. I, I, <laughs> and we're, we're reading a lot into it because we've read things that say he mm-hmm. doesn't, he didn't like being on the show. So it's easy to project that. It's easy. Well, it, 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 I don't know. I think, yeah, there is a little bit of projection, but it's also, you know. I'm, Going by what I see on the show, man. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. Like every week, he looks like the most bored fucker in the room. Yeah. Even in the promo shots, um, the Netflix has like a, a big cast photo that you see between episodes, and everyone is like staring at the camera, like looking all badass, and then Chuck is just kind of like, "Oh, what?" Yeah. Just, uh, but he's he's still here. Mm-hmm. We got rid of Kessu. Okay, at the very least, Flonk, your your big complaint is that there was nothing to her. Yeah, they yeah, could've... I will agree that that's probably more a fault of the writers. Um, they could have given I, I don't her think more. I don't think she was a great um, actress, but I think that there you know, she only had what like four episodes to herself the entire time yeah, she was on the that. show. Mm-hmm. She got like one per season, so yeah. Yeah. If you count this one, which I don't. <laughs> uh, I don't know. She was a B story at best. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I do like that they tried to make an effort to tie in the fact that they have a new character to like they didn't just say, let's go focus on Kess and ignore the fact that we have this Borg on the ship. Like, I'm glad they tried to tie well, the two things together, but they apparently just Apparently, do... this was, um, um, Kess was supposed to stick around for another, like, three or four, like, five episodes, I think, total. Uh-huh. But, um, Jennifer Lane's schedule wouldn't allow it, which, what else are you doing? I think that's just, fuck you, Damn, I'm not nothing sticking around canceled? for five episodes. Hey, I'm, I'm glad she had something else to do at the time. Did she go, okay. good for her. Go hang out wherever the hell uh, Denise Crosby spend her time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, I think she was just like, look, I'm, I'm, I can show up for two, but you guys fucking fired me and made me stick around all this time. I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. And you're giving me scenes with her. Come on, look, it's obvious yeah. what you're doing here. Look at her. I, I, the first half of the episode is just every time something interesting happens with Cass and people start talking to Cass, suddenly Seven of Nine needs attention. It's it's like the Simpsons episode. All of a sudden, you hear, yeah, a puppy barking in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, we'll pay attention to you in a minute. They shove her aside. That it's exactly like when the Simpsons got Laddie, because then you remember Santa's little helper and uh, Snowball learning how to speak to try to get their attention, <laughs> and they still didn't pay attention. It's like Cass is like, "Look, I can levitate things across the room with my mind." Oh, look, look I seven exploded a talking. table in front of Neelix. Yeah, nobody's listening. She's totally trying to get their attention, and they're just not even paying attention. Guys, seven oh, to nine, just, made a seven to nine just, just opened her eyes. <laughs> her eye. <laughs> the doctor oh, God, made her yeah, an eye. They, that, they, they took her, her robot penis off of her face, mm-hmm. and she's got, like, this fucking creepy-ass uh, little eyeball, like, glued yeah, to it, her face. It was so gross. But really good makeup. Plug in her eye socket. Yeah. Yeah, no, good good makeup job though. Great prosthetic. Oh man, no, I yeah, love yeah. I love her halfway between. Uh, yeah, we were and, all grossed out. Like it was very effective. Yeah, that means it's working. Like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. let's be clear. You guys say it's bad. It's bad in the sense that it turns your stomach. Not as bad. Like it's a poorly done effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just want to clarify. No, it was it was great, and especially and honestly, like this works in her favor because she's so pretty. Mm, when you when you take someone who's pretty and you put something grotesque on them, I think it's like the 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 contrast makes it even more grotesque. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you give her the the ball cap and that that thing that they do with the Borg that I love, where like the skin is like kind of shifting around over uh, the, yeah, you, the tubes and stuff. Oh, or you get so little gross. blinking lights under the skin sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah very cool. No, it was really good makeup effects, I would say. And I think this is still residual effects of them spending a bunch of money on Borg redesign and and, and props and prosthetics and stuff for First Contact. Yeah, this, they, is right like, on, this is only like a year or two after that, right? Yeah, they probably just shoved it all in a closet and said, we're going to use that again. And so they bought that on a movie budget, so it's way better quality than than what they would have had for a TV show. And Worst case scenario, like, like they did all the research, so now they already know yeah. how to make new ones. Yeah, they paid whoever to design the stuff. And now they can just make to the better designs or whatever. So, yeah. But I'm pretty sure they reused a lot of the, the you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. And things. Um, I like the gradual. Like, I like her transformation through the course of the episode. I like how her skin went from gray to slightly pink to normal white person color. Yep. That was cool. Uh, what else? I don't know. I enjoyed this episode. Yeah. No, me too. I'm just looking over yeah. my notes here. I'm trying to remember why I have the lyrics to uh, to Prince's Party Man in my uh, my notes. I don't know. We're all still pretty shaken up about Prince, probably. I don't no. know. No? All right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. Travel faster than Warp 10 uh, to uh, wait for everyone to turn into sex lizards again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there was that. Because she pushed them through Borg space and it's like, well, wait a minute. Why aren't you all Should salamanders you guys, now? Shouldn't you guys all be sex salamanders? Yeah. Well, oh, we're not doing that anymore? Okay. No? Okay. Probably for the best. Yeah. 
Oh, stupid Chuck doesn't know how a warp works, too, because he's like, we're stuck here. We don't have warp power, and we've got people outside. Um, we we, we want to go to warp as soon as we can, but we've also got people outside scraping the Borg barnacles off. All right, well, you can't do both. <laughs> no. Those guys will all fall off. I thought it'd be cool if they made um, Seven like a prisoner of war. That'd be pretty instead cool, of yeah. Like, just on the ship? That would be cool, except I know what they would do. I can already see she would be Hannibal Lecter. They would come to her oh, glass cage uh, every week and ask for her advice. No, she'd be yeah. fucking Boomer in the glass box for, like, two years of Battlestar. Which was just a, a riff on Hannibal. Yeah, just like, yeah, I'm here again. Yep. And she'll kill Adama. Everything, everything from, oh, well, spoilers. Eventually, I'll stab Adama. Also, my brain hurt Obama. Like, you can't say that. <laughs> not for another year, anyway. You're going to get arrested, man. You're not allowed to say that. I know you're new here, but there are certain things that we can't say. This is a great, the state did a great sketch about that, where it's a federal crime to say, quote, I'm going to kill the president, quote. And every time, like, so it was like a classroom and a kid would say, so I can't even joke around. I'm going to kill the president. And then all these, like, Secret Service guys swarm in and just carry him out of the, the classroom. <laughs> Pretty good. Ah, uh, the state was good. Uh, anything else? Um, they mentioned um, when Seven's human birthday. It's like star date two point whatever. And I'm wondering if like some nerd on staff like went back and did the math to figure out what it would be. I I told you I know how star dates work, and it actually yeah, just yeah. means that she's like um thirty. That's what I mean. Did somebody old. yeah? Did somebody go back and like all right? So she she was assimilated when she was seven. She's yeah. you know twenty eight now. All right. right. What season would that have been? Okay, I think I can figure out the start date. Yeah, no, it's actually it actually checks out. Like, I still remember that because season one of Next Gen was four uh, one something, season two was four two something, and so on. So like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, there was uh, a super hammy um, thing where Kess starts talking about, "No, I want to leave. It's my choice. It's my decision." And Jane Wade's like, "Oh yeah, no, absolutely." I'm like. These plots don't have anything to do with each other. Stop trying to make it seem like they do. Yeah, they could have done a bit of a better job there. I will say Kate really brought it, and Tuvok really brought it. Oh, yeah. yeah. To the reacting to Kess leaving, because these are the two relationships. I'm so glad they barely touched on Neelix. She had one scene with Neelix, yeah. but it wasn't him freaking out. But what's what'll happen to me? Why are what you about Neelix? Me? Yeah, he actually what? wasn't self-centered for a change. Yeah, it was good. Once. He was a little freaked out when she made the table melt. but that's, What are you doing to that table? That's, that's where I... <laughs> The only oh note hands. that I have is, um, no, I'm definitely not playing iPhone games right now. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, yeah, like, Neelix and Cass, this is definitely a scene that I'm interested most in. Most interesting part. I would have been more interested to see the doctor's reaction. Like, there's a little bit there, but that was her yeah, that main was... relationship. And they didn't touch on that that much. And also, yeah. Flunk, well, you know what's Well, that's because she was uh, the, the B-plot, so oh, <laughs> there's yeah. no time for her to talk to everybody that she met. But... Oh, yeah, he's sculpting eye. He's sculpting eyeballs. He's way too important. Yeah. Now, um, you know what comes next, Flanka, but uh, just out of yeah. curiosity, don't tell me specifically, but I assume the doctor gets another helper? Um, actually, I don't know. I think Isn't they it? go back to Tom Paris being a nurse because yeah. it's not like he has anything else to do on the ship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's just by himself. Well, he's not by himself because he, he can walk around now. Right. I guess that's true. But he still needs an assistant. I mean, uh, Crusher had Nurse Ogawa, and uh, Bashir always had those Bajoran nurses around, and, like, you need somebody. Yeah, no, he works closely with Seven, but I think that's more, like, you know... Um, Just hanging out. Ripping all, well, ripping all the Borg shit out of her and making her human shit good. The non-humans club? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the order of no, no, hum, no and humans? And Bolana's knocking on the door, like, no, we're not here. <laughs> Get rid of gross humans? Yeah, <laughs> Blumpkin join though. We are allowed to have one. Yeah. Humor humor Blumpkin. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Uh, uh no. that's it. All right. Well, and you did your quote already. Yeah, yes, you did. Yep. Okay. Uh what do you what do you got to plug for us there, Flunk? Well, I got my uh my lost blog. Um why am I watching dot Um oh. just starting season two now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going as fast as I would like to be. Um I figured that the you know the only way to not feel bad about myself is just make the deadlines whenever, because um, when a project you're doing for fun it starts to feel like work, it you know loses something. Not that you sure guys know anything about that. I was just about to say I don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. That is why I will be starting my next two Voyager episodes as soon as I hit stop on this recording because 
then I don't have to think about it for a whole week. Uh, yeah, I should be updating that by the same time this goes up. So I, I know Brian usually tries to do that, too. Oh, I'm on Pa. I better uh, get a new blog. Yeah. Well, I've also been talking about starting season two like the last like three times I've been on. So maybe I should actually do it. I, I remember the first episode of Lost Season 2 being quite good, like the payoff. Well, the whole... you remember wrong. Oh, all right. <laughs> isn't that a Desmond? Isn't that where you first meet Desmond? You do, but it's a Jack episode. The Desmond episode, I think, is the next one. Oh, OK. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, you get Desmond's backstory, how he got. No, this is just recap. This is—it's more. It's just like this. It's a lot of running in place, recapping for the stupids what happened last season. Ah, that's too bad. Yeah. All right. Well, next week, stupids. No, you guys. (laughs) You guys are great, handsome. Um. Also, many of you want to hear Amanda more. (laughs) But too bad. Next week we don't have any guests. Extremely vocal Amanda fan club. Yes. Uh, next week is just me and Matt, though, and two more episodes of Voyager, and you're going to like it. We might, actually, you know? Yeah, you never yeah know. these trends good. continue, just like discos do. Hey! <laughs> hey! All right, say your thing, Matt. See ya, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this.